Pretty. Well, it is, it is so, so nice to be back together again. Um, and to follow on from um, Johnny and Matthew last week on this uh, little mini-series that we're doing on uh, Kingdom Breakthrough, uh, we'll see if, hopefully the technology will all work today. It's always, it's always a bit of a, a gamble. Oh, maybe not gamble. Uh, <laughs> we, don't, we don't do that. <laughs> but it's always a surprise. It's, yeah, that's what, that's what it is. So anyway, yeah, like I said, the last the last two weeks has been beautiful. Um, two weeks ago, Johnny Johnny spoke on uh, the kingdom of God, this thing of, of, of the kingdom breaking in, in the Old Testament, and um, and he talked about the story. You know, again, both both Johnny and Matthew had such kind of broad um, topics to touch on. Um, but Johnny touched on this thing of um, of the the people of uh, God, the family of God. Uh, ending up in slavery and exile, and then and then the faithfulness of God, taking them out of slavery into freedom, taking them out of exile and um, safely home, and um, you, you know, and, and although the story of the Old Testament is that they don't quite get there because continually they, they turn away from God, they're, they're um, uh, uh, disobedient to God, and and um, and so the Old Testament ends with this kind of weight of the people of Israel still being in exile, of, of the, all the promises being there but, but waiting, and God, God wanting to bring that nation back into exile waiting. And Johnny, Johnny gave us these two quotes. It's, it's quite hard to read here. I bet it's impossible to read on Facebook. Um, <laughs> buckle up. Um, so he, he said a couple of beautiful, oh, he said so many great things, but, but one of the things he said was this, that uh, the Old Testament is, is the story of living under occupation of looking forward to God's ultimate liberation, and that the breakthrough of the kingdom holds intention both the defeatist view or, or voice and the, and the triumphalist voice. And, and that's something really beautiful. One of, the, one of the things that shapes, you know, our, our theology shapes how we do life. It, it shapes what we think is important. It shapes, you know, what we give our strength to, what we give our resources to, what we give our time to. Uh, and, and so there's this beautiful thing of, you know, the, the kingdom of God keeps us from kind of just leaning into this kind of, you know, whatever will be, will be kind of, you know, you just take what you can get. Um, and whatever, you know, whatever's on the cards, that's what you're going to get. It, it, it saves us from going to that extreme, but it also saves us from, you know, almost a, a, a kind of a, 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 an aberration of Christianity, which is everything's, everything's awesome, isn't it? Praise the Lord. You know, life is just so sweet. And I, you know, I mean, pandemics are just fantastic. It's the plan of God. It's, it's amazing. You know, you, you, and you kind of, it saves us from both of those kind of places where if you just believe it, it's, it's going to happen. Uh, and then last week, um, Matthew took us into the New Testament and, um, and again, spoke about some really beautiful things. Uh, he talked about the, the reality that, we're, that we are living in God's active breakthrough. That the, he talked about how the war is won through the cross, but we still find ourselves with battles. You know, that, that you know, you don't, have to, you don't have to think very, very far, far back into our memory to kind of go, you know, that was a real battle for me. That was, that was actually really hard work. And he, and he left us with this beautiful quote that, that um, uh, the message of the, of the kingdom in the New Testament is that, is that it's the end of the beginning and the beginning of the end. And so we, we find ourselves into this thing of, of breakthrough. So, so what I want to do is somehow or rather kind of take this humongous topic of, of, um, of kingdom breakthrough and, and do a little bit of, so what does it mean for us in our practical days? You know, what, what does it mean in terms of how we live life? And I want to start with, um, you know, with uh, this wonderful man called um, uh, Augustine Pippo, uh, which, 
was not. Uh, sorry, I, I, I was about to go into dad jokes, but um, <laughs> but anyway, he said this. He said, "Without God, we cannot, and without us, without us, God will not." And it was probably his wife that told him this, but but it's it's so smart, isn't it? That that we live with this tension of the kingdom of God. That that without God, we can't do anything. But God won't do anything without us. You know, he, he chooses to, to move in human history through, through people like us. It's an incredible thing. And, um, and so I, I wanted to kind of launch in with this beautiful prayer that Jesus taught us. And, and it wasn't so many weeks back that we, um, I think it might have been Jonathan again, that took us through the Lord's Prayer. And, it, and the prayer go, starts like this. It says, this then is how you should pray. Because the disciples were saying, teach us, teach us to pray and teach us how to pray. And he says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, um, you know, and, and for me, you know, every time we pray this prayer, and, and it's a really simple prayer, uh, and yet it's a prayer that is like a declaration every time we pray it. You know, so, so often when I pray this prayer, and, I, and I, I would at least pray it daily, but every time I pray this prayer and I'm praying about a situation, it, it, I, I tend to turn the words around like this and say, so in this situation, let the will of God, let the kingdom of God come and let the will of God be done in this situation. You, you know, it's, it's an invitation to, to, that, the, that the kingdom would break through into, you know, into a, a relational issue, into a financial issue, into a, into a cultural issue, you know, whatever, into a work issue. It, it's, it's saying, let the kingdom of God come. Let the will of God be done in this, in my life, in my church's life, in, in my family's life, in my, in my city's life. Let the, let the will of God be done in those areas. You know? and, and, it's, and, and I think you know, the, the, the Lord's Prayer is both one of the most simple prayers but one of the most profound prayers because you can almost use it in multiple voices. You can, you can use it in, in the passive voice of just saying, just let, let this all happen. May it be. Give me, give me bread today. Forgive me. Um, uh, you know, keep me from keep me from temptation. De- deliver me from evil. Um, or, or we can use it even more as this as this thing of so let the kingdom come, and help me, Lord, open my eyes to see where it is coming. Uh, and again, last week Matthew um, centered us beautifully on the day of Pentecost, and and one of the things about the day of Pentecost. Well, let, let me let me uh, let me just read again. This is difficult in this room. <laughs> and all of this is uh, Acts chapter 2, uh, the, uh, from verse 4 through to verse 12. I'll, I'll read it to us. Um, so all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Uh, then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Uh, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, uh, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. And we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own languages. And amazed and perplexed, they ask each other, what does this mean? You know, and one of the one of the beautiful things about this the, the initial birthing of the church in the day of Pentecost was this: it began with racial reconciliation. It began with this incredible thing of that that this is not just going to be one thing for for one particular people for people of one language, but immediately there's this there's this there's this incredible act of of, of reconciliation that God gave that gathered 120 people 
the ability to, you know, a, a Holy Spirit-enabled ability to speak in a language that they hadn't learned that was reflective of the crowd around them. It, it's a really incredible thing. And it, and it means that one of the signs of the kingdom breaking through, one of the, one of the signs of breakthrough is this, that, it, that it's true racial, cultural, gender, you know, dot, 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 reconciliation. And we shouldn't be surprised that something inside of us wants to be right with the people around us. That, you know, that when we receive the Holy Spirit, when we come to Christ, you know, or, or whether, we've, you know, be, whether we've been raised as Christians and, we, and we've lived with this reality for most of our lives, one of the beautiful things about it is this, that, that we constantly have this thing inside of us that's saying, I want to be right with people. You know, I, I hate being out of sorts with people. You know, I, I want the world to be right. And, it, and it's right back in the very birth of the church. That very moment the Holy Spirit came, it was like, now let's everyone come together. You know, it's, it's, this, it's this message of, you know, and, and, and the reality is this, that, you know, that the church, for all its missteps over the years, and, you know, and, and our current missteps, um, it's always been at the forefront, as, as Johnny reminded us two weeks ago, it was at the forefront of, of the reform of slavery. Um, it's been at the forefront of, the, of, the, of uh, you know, of women having full place at the table instead of just men. It's been at the forefront of celebrating the importance of children and saying that children are actually important. They're not just a, they're not just a chattel that's annoying uh, and noisy, but they're actually at the very centre of the kingdom. In fact, he put, he put them in the front of the church. Uh, it, it's, it celebrates the importance of the aged, you know, caring for the broken, caring for the sick. And again, you know, our expectation is as, as we, you know, as urban, we find our, our rhythm again now that we're able to meet together um, in person. You know, one of the, I guess one of the things as we try and find our rhythm again, and, uh, you know, we don't go back. Vicky and I were talking about this in the car in this morning, you know, that, that you never go back to something. You always go forward, and it's finding what's the new normal. It's not, it's not how do we go back to what it was like before, but it's, you know, and, and so part of, our, part of our quest as a church is going to be, so what does it mean for us moving forward? You know, how will, how will God lead us in a clear way as a church and as individuals to right wrongs? Uh, and, and to be immersed in reconciliation work. So I, I wanted to I want to take us into a couple of thoughts, and then and then I've got four pictures for us, just to kind of pull this thing together. Just just maybe to kind of um, sow some ideas for what God might be doing. Um, again, hard to read again, um, but in Luke chapter twelve, uh, verses twenty nine through thirty four. And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink, and don't worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things. And your father knows that you need him, but seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Don't be afraid, little flock, for it's your father, for the father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. So sell your possessions, give to the poor, provide purses for, for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near, no moth destroys, for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And again, go back in our teaching series, and it wasn't so long ago that we talked about that. But one of the things about this thing of kingdom breakthrough is it's the Father's pleasure. He, he loves to give us the kingdom. It's not like it's something that we have to, you know, kind of you know, figuratively, you know, twist his, twist his arm up behind his back and say, please, God, give me the kingdom. It's the Father's pleasure to give us the kingdom. It's the Father's pleasure for us to live in this thing of breakthrough. We're, we're kingdom of God people. We're, we're people of the presence. You know, and, and there's this, almost this implication in this passage here that's really challenging. And, it, and it's challenging for someone like me who has a tendency to worry. It's a t you know, I have a tendency to, to, to go to anxiety. And, it, and, it, and it, it, I'm so anxious about going to anxiety that it, 
You know, it's, 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 you know, it's, a, it's a, such an annoying thing. But, but what this scripture tells us is it's like, why would we, why would we worry about what we're going to eat? Why would we worry about what, we're gonna, you know, what the future is going to hold? Because it's the Father's pleasure to give us the kingdom. He, he's a good God. I remember, I remember hearing someone teach a little bit on this thing of, you know, um, you know, why do we worry so much? You know, why, why are we concerned about our relationship with God? That, you know, does he see us or doesn't he see us? Or do, you know, does he see us or doesn't he see us? You know, what do we have to do to, to attract his attention? And I remember this person saying this, and, and uh, you know, again, I, I know I've talked about this at, at Urban before, but there's this beautiful little statement. You know, it's the, father's, it's the master's role, uh, sorry, it's the servant's role to serve the master. Second of all, it's the master's role to care for the needs of the servant. So as servants and as, and as friends of God, we, we can be the most secure, joy-filled people in the world because we serve a master who loves to give us the kingdom. You know, we serve a God who doesn't have to have the kingdom, you know, yanked out of him. It's his great delight. You know, our role is, to, is just to serve the needs of our, of, of our master, to do what he asks us to do. And in doing that, he's like, and he says, you know, don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about your clothes. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about, you know, d- just don't worry about those things. You know, it, it's, it's an invitation from our King Jesus to keep looking to him and looking to see where he's working within our world within reach. You know, and, and so I wanted, to, I wanted to kind of wrap up this series with just, I, I guess, four simple thoughts or four simple pictures. It's not, it's not the whole of breakthrough. It's not the whole of what the kingdom of God means. But, but maybe it's enough just to kind of to, to whet our appetite. But, you know, the implications of, you know, and I think previously Jonathan's kind of introduced this term of, you know, that, that our, the theology that we live in in the New Testament is, is enacted inaugurated eschatology it, it's that that it, it's it's an act it, it's inaugurated because when jesus came he brought the future into the now he brought the he brought that which is to come into the now you know we, when, he, when we pray give us today our daily bread what we're actually asking is we're saying give us give us the give us what we need now give us tomorrow's bread today give us give us everything that we need right now and it's enacted because because we it's not just a theory for us we see the kingdom breaking in. We see this on a constant basis. And so the reality is this, that this, that this inaugurated, enacted kingdom of God touches every sphere of our lives. So, so part of this thing is for us to look for the kingdom breaking in in different areas, you know, that we would expect the kingdom to break in in art and culture. We'd expect to see the kingdom of God breaking in in medicine and, 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 um, and, and the caring professions. We'd expect to see the kingdom breaking in in ecology. And in science, we'd ex- expect to see the kingdom breaking in in law and in justice and in business and, and in education. We'd expect to see the, the kingdom breaking in, in in family and in finances. And in other words, our expectation is that this kingdom is not just, it's not just the, the thing we do on, for an hour on a Sunday morning. And I know none of us in this room believe that. You know, we, we believe it's an all-of-life kingdom. And, and yet, sometimes, sometimes we, we don't have the lenses on to see it. And so I wanted to give us four pictures that, that are really, I think, really helpful for us to, to see the way that, that we can see the kingdom breaking in. And in, um, in uh, the beginning of, of John's gospel, it says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all people. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And there was a man sent from God whose name was John, and he came as a witness to testify concerning that light. And so that through him all might believe. 
And he himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And so we know this, that, you know, we've often used this picture or, or a picture like this of this is what the kingdom of God is like. This is what breakthrough is like. Not the flashiest diagram, I know. But I, I unfortunately haven't been touched by that gift. Um, but but what, what we know is this, that wherever Jesus came, wherever he went, light came. You know, light came into the darkness. And the incredible thing is this, that he says the same thing about us. In, in Matthew 6, 14, he says, he says, you're the light of the world. Uh, you know, so don't hide your light. Um, you know, in verse 16 of, that, of, of uh, Matthew 6, he says, so let your light shine. And one of the realities, you know, when you look at the life of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus, everywhere Jesus went, activity happened. Supernatural activity happened. People got healed. You know, sick people got healed. Dead people got raised. Uh, people in bondage got set free. It, you know, it, it was just this remarkable thing. He, you know, he gave, he gave dignity. He gave liberation to people. He was, an, you know, he was amazing. And he says, now go and do the same. You know, and, and we often have looked at this picture in, in this way that, you know, that wherever the advancing edge of the kingdom is, which is where light shines in the darkness, that's, that's, that's the place where the kingdom of God is touching. It's where the, it's where the, the kingdom breaks through and it advances. And wherever that happens is an activity where, where light hits darkness, you know, where life hits death, where, where healing hits sickness. You know, there's that, there's that clash of the kingdoms that take place in that, in that, in that area. The advancing area of the king, uh, the advancing edge of the kingdom, where that dark, where light touches darkness, there's this swirl of kingdom activity. You know, and, and we're used to kind of reaching out for, for gifts of the Holy Spirit. For, we're, we're used to kind of responding with compassion, with acts of love. We're used to seeing people come to, come to know Jesus with, with right replacing wrong you know he's the light of the world and we get to look and we get to go now where where where's he inviting me into where does he want the light that's in me to to touch the darkness that's in the world that's that's the beautiful invitation that he gives us you know and and, and there's and there's this kind of sense and i think it's one of the most powerful pictures of how the kingdom of god breaks in is that we are people of light you know when we go to work you know when, when we're teaching our students you know, when we're dealing with a client, when, when we're in a board meeting, when, you know, when we're, when we're um, instructing our children. There's, there's light touching darkness. And it's at that moment that the kingdom of God breaks in. You know, and, and, it's, and, and one of the things, I guess, is that Jesus wants us to kind of think about this. You know, if, if, there's, if there's a practical thing to take away from this series, it's look for the light. You know, where is he inviting us to be? What, you know, is there a person that we're kind of going, I think, I think God's doing something with that person. And how can I shine my light in that place? How can I bring life? How can I, how can I bring joy? How can I bring encouragement? How can I bring something of the nature of God there? But it's not the only picture. It's a picture that, you know, I mean, I didn't want to spend a lot of time on it because it's a picture that we use a lot here. You know, we, we often talk about the advancing edge of the kingdom. But, but there's also other really powerful pictures. Gosh, these slides are hard to read, aren't they? Who, who did them? Um, in Matthew 13, 33, uh, they, they look really good on my computer, but <laughs> not so good here. Um, and uh, another picture is, is this thing. of in, in, And in Matthew 13, there's a number of parables that he told. And parables were mostly Jesus. They were mostly kingdom parables. They were mostly Jesus saying, the kingdom of God is like... And, and I'm just picking up four of them today. So first one is that, that it's light, that we bring light. Second one is this, that, that the kingdom of God is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked its way all through the dough. 
And so another, another understanding of how the kingdom breaks in, it, it, it's like this thing of yeast. It's a very, you know, I, I mean, I, I actually really enjoy making bread. And, um, and one of the things about making bread is you only have to put a really small amount of yeast into the, into the flour for it, to, for it to kind of empower the, you know, the, whole, the whole process and, and um, react to the other ingredients that you're putting in. But it's a very small amount that you pop in. And I, I think when he's saying this, the ki- so the kingdom of God's like yeast. What's he saying here? He's saying it's a very small thing. You know, it, it's, it's fascinating. I, I, think, I think when you think about yeast, it, it's slow, imperceptible change. You know, I, I mean, when you put some, you know, if, if you put some kind of compound into another compound, often you get a reaction. But when you put yeast in with some flour and stuff, you don't see anything happen. And yet over time, it changes it. It changes the, the, the whole substance. You know, and, and I think that it's speaking to us about this thing of slow, imperceptible change. You know, that, that, le- that this thing of yeast is speaking of the, br- the breakthrough of the kingdom is often slow. You know, I, I, was, I was thinking back as, as, I was, um, as I was preparing this talk and just thinking, you know, part, part of the reality of, of, of Christian families is that it's slow, imperceptible change. It, it takes years to grow children. It, it takes years to, you know, for that thing of, of bringing change, you know, and there's, and there's moments when you kind of go, am I making any difference at all? Um, you know, I, and, and like I say, I was, I was reflecting back. I, I'm, I, I count myself an incredibly blessed person because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a member of a family that's been Christian for multiple generations. I, in fact, I, I, I have trouble to kind of go back far enough to find the generation that wasn't Christian. So, and I, I kind of recognize so much of what I have, you know, that, um, you know, I, I know all of us are kind of broken, um, but I kind of recognize that, I, that, I, that some of the reality for me is I'm not as broken as I could be because of that slow imperceptible breaking into the kingdom through my, through my Christian parents and through my Christian grandparents and my Christian great-grandparents. You know, and, and part of the breakthrough of the kingdom is a slow process of yeast. You know, and I don't know about you, but I, I mean, I love the fast stuff. You know, I, I'm pretty much, if it's not instant, not interested. Um, <laughs> but, but one of the, you know, it's really interesting. Most of the pictures that Jesus gave about the kingdom were slow. The light is instant. The light is fast. It, it, that's why it's our favorite. Well, that's <laughs> probably why it's my favorite, and I keep blabbing on about it. But, but, but it's like yeast, you know. And, and I think this thing of Christian heritage, you know, the, the thing of social change. You know, that kind of breakthrough takes time. It takes generation after generation, you know, and we need to think about generations. You know, I need to move on, but another picture that he gives, he says this just a little bit later on in there, the verses 31 and 32 of Matthew 13. He says, told them another parable. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. And though it's the smallest of all seeds, when it grows, it's the largest of all garden plants and it becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Again, you know, what's he saying here? This kingdom breakthrough is like, is like putting a tiny seed in something that seems so insignificant. And yet over time, it grows and it grows and it grows and, and, it, and it brings substantial change. And, and it's interesting that he kind of adds in, you know, birds will come and perch in its branches. And I think what he's talking in this thing here, I, I think he's talking about cultural renewal. I, I think he's talking about um, progressive change. You know, jo- I, I loved, I was really impacted by Johnny's story about the Quaker families, um, you know, around the emancipation of slaves. And, you know, and it's particularly, particularly pertinent for us with the whole Black Lives Matter um, 
response happening around the, the, particularly the Western world. Um, but but the reaction of that, or the or the action of that of that Quaker uh, family who said, "We're not just going to set our, our slaves free, but we're going to we're going to pay them the wages for for all the time that they served us." And I and I think it's that kind of breakthrough. I think I think this is the mustard seed kind of breakthrough. It's that action that just that just ripples out and changes it changes entire societies, it, and it, and clearly it takes generation after generation after generation. Uh, but but I think I think when he's talking about this kind of breakthrough, I, I think he's talking about the unstoppable kingdom. That 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 there's something about when we when we plant a seed for, for right. You know, I'm sure that Quaker family when they decided to do that, what weren't kind of thinking, and this is going to change the world. I bet you all they were thinking, like, this is the right thing to do. This is a godly thing to do. And, and yet it, it's impacted so much of the world because of that. You know, and, and again, you know, we, we find ourselves living in, in, in times when there's, you know, when there's so many issues that, we're, that we need to look at. You know, the, um, like I said, there's the Black Lives Matter. There's, the, you know, there's the 1% movement. There's the, in our own nation, you know, I mean, it's easier for us to kind of throw stones at the U.S. with, you know, with the treatment of, of African-Americans. But in our own situation, you know, our treatment of Tangi Whenua is utterly shameful. And so needs to change our treatment of refugees, you know, or, or, or our non-treatment of refugees. You know, you know, the, there's so many, there's so many things that we need, we need to grapple with and bring a kingdom, a kingdom perspective to those things. And I think it's the mustard seed that he's talking about here. It's you don't see instant change with these things. You know, we, we don't, you know, with with our, with the resistance to global warming of kind of saying we've got, our, you know, we're frying our our planet. We've got to do something about it. You know, there's no one action that's going to change it. It's planting multiple mustard seeds that eventually will grow into a big enough plant that birds of the air will come and sit in it and perch in its front. And I think it's talking about people, people will, it will actually benefit others apart from ourselves. I think that's what the, the meaning of this, of this mustard tree is, that it's something bigger than ourselves. It's, you know, I, I mean, all of us can be moved about something that personally affects us. I'm, actually, you're probably much more selfless than I am, but, but I'm pretty much, how's it going to change my life? Is it going to make my life better? As, as often, how, sadly, how I, re, how I respond in life. But, but, but I think this, the parable of the mustard seed is this. It, it, it's this thing of, I'm going to plant this seed, and I may not even see it. I may, I may not even see the effect of this. But, I, you know, when it, and it would be really easy to kind of head off on any one of these issues. But, you know, the reality of what I do today is going to make a difference to my grandchildren. You know, what, what I do today, it, it may not make one ounce of difference to me, but it sure is going to make a, a difference for the, for the generations to come. Let me, let me give you the last, the last picture. And, and this is by, by far not the only pictures. But again, in, in Matthew, uh, Matthew 13, such a powerful, powerful chapter because it's all these pictures of this is what the kingdom is like. So Jesus told them another parable. And he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. And when the wheat sprouted and formed heads, and then the, the weeds also appeared. And the owner's servants came to him and said, sir, uh, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. And the servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? Uh, no, he answered, because while you're pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. So let both grow together until the harvest. And at that time, I'll tell the harvesters, first come, collect the weeds and tie them into bundles to be burned and gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. I mean, every, every, each one of these parables, you, you kind of go, 
okay, it's pretty obvious. And then the more you kind of think it's obvious, then you kind of go, mm, actually, I'm not sure if that's obvious. <laughs> you know, um, what, is, what does this mean? What is this, what is this parable? How can this parable speak to us about the breakthrough of the kingdom? And, and I wonder if part of it is this, that, that, that I, I, there's, a, there's a beautiful verse in Galatians that says, you know, so don't grow weary in doing good for at a proper time you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. And, and I wonder about this thing of, you know, that, that, what, that what the Lord's wanting us to, to lean into is, is this reality that this, that this breakthrough of the kingdom, yes, lo- yes, we love the advancing edge of the kingdom activity. And yet there's another big part of this, of this uh, activity of, of, the, of the father breaking into the, into the broken world that we find ourselves in that, that, that has almost an equal and opposite force. You know, that, that, that part, of the, part of the invitation he's, that he's inviting us into is let's give ourselves to change the world, but don't be surprised if darkness grows at the same rate. You know, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if we try and do something good and something bad happens as well uh, you know it's really easy to kind of go I I, I I sort of gave myself to this but it didn't really work I, and I wonder if what he's saying here when, he, when, he, when we're thinking about this thing of breakthrough I, I wonder if what he's reminding us of is, is, is just don't be surprised of course the enemy's going to be at work you know uh, I, I mean I mean Christianity would be a, such a breeze if it wasn't for an enemy you know it, it'd be so easy if there wasn't a Satan but there is you know, and so don't be surprised, you know, that we take one step forward and then, and then we get resistance. You know, don't be surprised at the resistance that we find. And, and we just, you know, and, and what he says is don't worry about the weeds. Don't worry about, don't, you know, don't, sh- don't shout at the darkness, you know. It, it, it's, it's just keep planting what's, sorry, I'm mixing our parables right now. <laughs> and, and as we advance on that edge, as we plant, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, th- I think what he's saying here is, you know, don't don't be, you know, don't worry about the bad stuff. Just keep just keep sowing some good. I I, I think that's part of this thing. So, you know, sometimes we can be overwhelmed, you know, and, and even again, you know, it's almost like I'm contradicting myself and quite possibly am. But at times we can be overwhelmed by trying to fight evil. But I think what he invites us to do is just keep planting good, keep planting seeds, keep planting keep planting the gospel. And and the and and the world within our reach, you know, th- there's lots of things that we can't do about. We, you know, in, in some ways we live in quite a frustrating time, be- because we're aware of everything that's happening in the globe, and that can that can be so overwhelming that it forces us to do nothing. You know, we're just overwhelmed by the immensity of the task. And, and I think so often what he's inviting us into, you know, for some of us he may be inviting us to to go beyond our beyond our reach, but but I think for most of us and most of the time it's the world within our reach. What can we do with that world? What's the breakthrough in that world? And it doesn't matter if, we, you know, that it, with every seed that we plant, which is good, the enemy plants one that's bad. It's like, who knows? Who knows what might happen? But all we've got to be focused on is just keep on sowing good seed, and it'll grow and it'll mature. You know, so, so I, I, you know, as I, as I attempt to bring this to a close, I, I, again, I just love this, this verse, fear not, little flock. Uh, for it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Isn't that a beautiful thing? You know, and it's, it's in the context, he seek first the kingdom. Everything else will be added to you. And it's the Father's good pleasure to give you this. You know, I, I, I want to pray just a, a simple prayer, and then we'll kind of then we'll see where else we go. But, but I, I wonder if part of what he wants to do here this morning is, 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 is almost to remind us of, of our world within reach. Um, 
And like I say, we can, be, we can be so overwhelmed with the evil in the world. We can be so overwhelmed with the big things that, that it causes us to not sow in the small things. And so, Holy Spirit, I, I, Lord, I thank you for this beautiful church. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for each member of this church. Lord, and, and, and we pray for the whole church as it gathers, uh, Lord, in our city and our nation and around the world. I, I thank you that the kingdom is breaking in. And I thank you that at times it will be spectacular and at times it will be, uh, it, it will be imperceptible. But I thank you that this kingdom is unstoppable. And I thank you, Lord, Lord, no, no matter whether we take a step and then feel resistance, you're calling us to take that next step. And so, Holy Spirit, I, I pray right now that you'd make us aware of the world that we find ourselves in. Lord, what, what's our world within reach? What are the people that are within our world that we could actually make a real difference in? Where could we be light? Lord, where could we, where could we sow seeds? Lord, where, where, could, where could we bring good? Where could we bring encouragement? Lord, where, where could we do that? I, I pray that you, Lord, right now, would you make us really aware of that? 